0: Top stories of the week. Superman puts some D in DC comics. Job Keeper keeps jobs away. And Aussies on the moon. All that plus more. This is News Weekly, and my stomach runs on cheese and one. Hello and welcome to News Weekly, the podcast where I, Sammy Shah, punch the headlines in the head. Weekly. Grown men angry about drawings of men in tights kissing news now. It's a bird, it's a plane, it's two men kissing, and conservatives are going to explode in rage. That's right, the Man of Steel is bisexual now. In an upcoming issue of DC Comics, Superman, the man, faster than a locomotive, and able to leap tall buildings in a single bound, is also coming out of the closet. Now, some details worth noting. This isn't Superman as you know and remember him. Clark Kent is still very much married to Lois Lane. And unless Batman isn't telling us something about what goes on inside the Justice League headquarters, that Superman is still very much straight. This is Superman's son, Jonathan Kent, who is now the new Superman while his dad is away. It's a whole storyline, don't worry about it. The comic is written by Tom Taylor, who was interviewed by CNN about his decision to make the new, younger Superman bisexual. When I was offered the gig to have a new... Superman and a new Superman number one for DC Comics. That's a very big thing. And I think the first question I had to ask myself was what does Superman, what should Superman represent today? Um, A new Superman, if you're going to make a new Superman, what should that look like? And it struck me as it would be a real opportunity lost if we had another, we had Clark Kent replaced by another straight white savior. So here was an opportunity to create a Superman who could represent a whole new group of people. And I think that was one that we had to leap on. So a comic book only read by comic book fans, which there really aren't that many of, reveals a character as bisexual to make the stories more interesting. Who cares, right? Okay. That comes after a gay Aquaman, a bisexual Boy Wonder Robin, and a gender fluid Loki. You heard about what happened to Superman yesterday? Yes, <laughs> I did. Right? It's like I don't care if you have an LGDPP LGBT- like. But know? he's not gay. He's bisexual. Apparently. No, no. So yeah. the picture. Why don't okay. you pull it up to see the picture? Okay. I I mean, pull this up, is up the, the picture. What you it. do? Uh, one, two, three, X, Y, Z, a uh, character in comic book. Call me when they have a gender stable aisle with superheroes whose sexualities we know nothing about. Why are they sexualizing superheroes? Why are they sexualizing superheroes? Why can't these almost naked muscled heroes who wear full body condoms and punch each other out be as asexual as a Fox News viewer? Have you read a comic book since the 80s? They're sexy, they're political, they're adult as fuck. But you go on, random dude on Fox News. Or how about this hot take? Superman's a Jesus allegory. Superman was a way to sell Jesus to a new sense of kid he's, he's, he's Jesus Ah yes Superman Used to sell Jesus to kids Created by the famously Jesus loving Jerry Siegel and Joe Shuster Two young Jewish men I don't know Maybe I'm too dense to figure out this allegory. The last son of Krypton is the son of God? Was Pontius Pilate then supposed to be Lex Luthor? Was Jesus pierced in the side by a shard of kryptonite? And of course, here's real-life supervillain Nigel Farage. We all know, don't we, Clark Kent, married to Lois Lane, the great superhero. And he is this big, masculine, alpha male figure. On the endangered species list are alpha males. It's just, you're not allowed... To be like that anymore. Yes, because when you think alpha males, you think Nigel Farage. The author, Tom Taylor, he was asked what the reaction from the audience was. And he said, Oh, many people, most people have been strongly supportive. But of course, there are a few trolls. Yes, if you don't agree with the new political superman, if you don't agree with the campaigns that he's fighting, you are now effectively a troll. And this is how free speech gets attacked. And I don't like it one little bit. Hang the fuck on. Being called a troll isn't attacking your free speech. Calling someone a troll is an act of free speech. A better example of free speech being attacked might be that time Nigel Farage tried to file a police complaint against a comedy show on the BBC for making fun of him. Something a true alpha male would know. Who keeps the JobKeeper news now? Last year, the government announced the JobKeeper program, designed to help employers retain employees during lockdown. It was announced as a boon for struggling businesses that needed help keeping doors open and staff paid. And it worked. Lots of businesses did indeed use the money as intended. Sure, some of those businesses, as it turns out, actually made a profit during lockdown and didn't need the money at all. But how many of there could there actually have been? Surely just a few. Well, all of the major newspapers reported that between April and September 2020, $27 billion in JobKeeper were paid to recipients who didn't experience a 30% turnover decline, which means they didn't qualify for it but got the money anyway. Businesses like rich private schools and megachurches, and to subsidiaries of consolidated groups like Specsavers and Harvey Norman. Now, surely, it's a coincidence that Treasurer Josh Frydenberg went to a rich private school, in fact, one of the most expensive private schools in Melbourne, and the Prime Minister himself is personally part of a mega church. Or that many of these big businesses who turned a profit but still keep JobKeeper are big donors to the major political parties. But, you know, it could be worse. Sure, 27 billion is a lot, but it's really not that much. What's that? The Treasury misrepresented the numbers. According to analysis done by the Australian Financial Review, it's actually closer to $40 billion. Well, at least the money meant a lot of people would have gotten jobs. I mean, Treasury estimated the support would create around 450,000 jobs for young people. Well, now that's just wonderful. And it's totally worth it if... What's that? ABC found that according to previously secret Treasury documents from the middle of this year, they revealed that just 5,278 people had been hired, which is around 1% of the original budget forecast. And what's that? Our unemployment rate has gone up anyway? Well, at least Treasurer Josh Frydenberg would have the decency to answer any questions about this without any further obfuscation. Well, you can bowl that one off off stump, but I'm not necessarily going to have a slash. Never mind. If you need me, I'll be here rebranding myself as a mega church private school hybrid. Just tell him he has some ancestors there. That's the only way to get Scott Morrison to go anywhere these days news now. Prince Charles is known for many things. His excellent taste in suits. that time, he told Camilla Parker Bowles that he wished he could be reincarnated as a tampon so he could live inside her. And driving a car that runs on wine and cheese. My old Aston Martin, which I've had for 51 years, that runs on, can you believe this, surplus English white wine. And and way from the cheese presses. There's nothing more British royalty than an Aston Martin that runs on wine and cheese. If you ever feel fancy, just remind yourself that that's what real fancy feels like. The thing about old matey Charles is he loves environmentalism. It's his pet project when he isn't driving cars that run on Brie and Chardonnay. And he wasn't impressed with Prime Minister Scott Morrison's announcement that he won't be attending the climate change conference in Glasgow. Scott Morrison, the Australian PM, isn't even certain that he could make it to the meeting in Glasgow? Is that what he said, is he? He did say yeah. Yeah. He said he's spent enough time in quarantine. I mean, what would you say to world leaders about why they should come to Glasgow? Well, that's what I'm (laughs) trying to say all the time. And, And the point being that this is a last chance saloon. And it's not just the boy who wouldn't be king. Her Royal Highness, the Queen herself, is annoyed by Scott Morrison's lack of commitment. According to mobile phone footage recorded by a witness, she said, It's irritating. We only know about people who are not coming. And it's really irritating when they talk but they don't do. Talk but don't do, by the way, is pretty much Scott Morrison's entire brand. The Prime Minister has justified his absence by saying, I will have spent, if I do that, a total of four times, 14-day quarantine. Basically, in this building, not being able to engage in my normal duties around the country as much as I would like to. When asked, the country said it hadn't noticed his absence when compared to the times when he was around. Who friended the Taliban on Facebook News now? It's hard being a Muslim organisation in Australia. You want to combat Islamophobia while portraying an image of Islam that is both true to the tenets of the religion while being compatible with a modern Australian society. You want to take the millions of dollars of taxpayer money the government gives you as a religious organisation and use it to advance the cause of Islamic education and create a nuanced understanding of Muslim beliefs and practices. Or you can be like the Australian Federation of Islamic Councils and just say, fuck it, what if we have a Facebook live chat with the Taliban now? AFIC, which describes itself as the peak body representing Muslims in Australia, did just that this week by announcing a Facebook live event featuring quote, a stellar panel of speakers on the future of Afghanistan and our role regardless of whether we are in favour or against recent developments. You know, those recent developments where the Taliban took over Afghanistan and has already begun killing women's rights activists, musicians, comedians and countless hazara? The panel, which has now been cancelled, was going to feature senior Taliban spokesmen. There were four other speakers, none of whom were women or Hazaras either. When asked why he described the Taliban guests as, quote, stellar, AFIC chief executive Kesar Trad told ABC Brisbane, quote, When you do a flyer and you want people to attend the program and take part in it, then naturally you need to use words that will provoke interest. To be fair, on the last flyer I made for my comedy festival shows, I described myself as, quote, riotously funny, hilariously clever, and took over Kabul and began destroying all progress made towards women education as well. AFIK's announcement came quickly under attack as their Facebook page flooded with outraged Muslims from across Australia, including comedian Nazim Hussain, demanding an explanation. Realising they'd made a mistake, AFIK then responded to the criticisms by saying... It just so happens that many of these objections are led by people identifying as Hazara. This looks like someone who does not want Afghanistan to move forward from its crippling past sectarian conflicts. Shame indeed. You know, those past sectarian conflicts which include Taliban continuing to kill Hazara in the present. Afik's apparently changed Islam's claim from being a religion of peace to a religion of appeasement. The peak body that holds up to $65 million in assets and has repeatedly been investigated for tax fraud eventually cancelled the event and deleted the Facebook post. Afik claims to represent Sunni Muslims and not the Shia Muslims that Hazaras tend to be, or probably not even women Muslims, which Afik chief executive Keser Trad once said on TV, should be hit by their husbands as a last resort to resolve a dispute. AFIC is hoping this entire controversy can be put behind them, as they announce their next Facebook Live event to discuss political correctness, featuring representatives from ISIS, al-Qaeda and the ghost of Osama bin Laden. One small step for man, one much smaller step for Australia news now. In what's being described as the space exploration equivalent of asking a mate to drop something off on the way to his work, Australia is sending a rover to the moon as part of a NASA mission. The mission was announced by Australia's science and technology minister, Melissa Price. Well, around 2026 is the best guess at the moment, but can I just say good morning? And yes, Australia is going to the moon. Let that sink in. Hopefully all those budding scientists, new scientists are sitting at home on the couch watching you this morning. Because that's what we need. Aussies on the moon. We'll be calling it Moony or Muno, while Barnaby Joyce gets caught trying to have sex with the crater. Space travel doesn't come cheap, and so the winning design will need to weigh less than 20 kilograms. Can we not body shame the space rover? You know what? You look beautiful, rover, no matter how much you weigh. This will be a huge scientific achievement, meaning Australia will now have been to the moon like the Soviet Union, the United States, Japan, the European Space Agency, China... India, Luxembourg, and Israel. Really? Luxembourg went to the moon before us? And now, in honour of Australia sending a moon rover to the moon, an updated version of African-American poet Jill Scott Heron's poem Whitey on the Moon, titled Aussies on the Moon. I'm getting calls from RoboDebt with Aussies on the Moon... While Jerry Harvey's needs are met, and Aussies on the moon. There's still no sign of a federal ICAC, but Aussies on the moon. Which means Christian Porter's gonna be back, while Aussies on the moon. Indigenous communities still aren't vaccinated, cause Aussies on the moon. While private schools get stuff reallocated, but Aussies on the moon. Was all that job seeker we got paid last year, for Aussies on the moon? How am I gonna keep making my art appear? Aussies on the move. Alright, that's it for this week's edition of News Weekly. As always, you can find News Weekly on any podcast app. Please tell your friends about it. And please join my Patreon at patreon.com slash where you can find lots of cool things like recipes, book recommendations, the text edition of News Weekly that you can forward to emails, and anything else you might enjoy that I like to create. See you back here next week on the next edition of News Weekly.